So in, in the emotional intelligence that we generally have, um, we just have good and bad emotions. We have emotions that feel good. We have emotions that feel bad. And then if there's an emotion that feels good, that means it's a good situation. And if there's an emotion that feels bad, it means it's a bad situation, except for that's complete horseshit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're just really terrible at translating our emotions because no one's ever taught us how to do that. And so sometimes when we have emotions like discomfort, it's not that it's bad. It's the emotion itself isn't bad. Like emotions are not moral. Can we just start there? Emotions are not moral. Emotions yes. are not good or bad. There's not like ethics about emotions. Emotions are literally just your body trying to communicate something to you. That's it. Welcome back to Dear Polly, a podcast about sexual exploration and polyamory. In this episode, we're joined by Elizabeth Cunningham. As we answer a question, about managing your partner's discomfort. We covered so much and all of it was valuable. So I cut it into two easily digestible bites. I have to be honest, I learned a lot from this episode and I think you will too. Make sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a question or a topic you would like us to cover, feel free to reach out via our website at dearpolypodcast.com or the gram at dearpolypodcast. Make sure to follow like, and share. But most importantly, I hope you enjoy. I want to say thank you so much for coming back on the show. I absolutely love having you on. And mm -hmm. I feel like you are going to be the perfect person to help answer uh, this, this specific question that was submitted. Mm -hmm. So um, just to give some context to the listeners, I had submitted an AMA on my um, story and I got a really great response. There was a little bit of conversation that kind of went with it, but in the end, um, me and this individual landed on a specific verbiage for the question. That's what I'm going to read. And um, I brought Elizabeth Cunningham on to handle this because I feel like she's going to nail it. I feel like she's going to, she, she's just the right person, the right energy to help with this. Mm. So Thank the question you, is, you're very mm. welcome. The question <laughs> is, how do you manage the discomfort? And should that be an automatic no or veto? Is it okay to respectfully acknowledge the discomfort and still see someone? Or should you not if your partner is experiencing discomfort. So I feel like now I actually have to give a little backstory because I kind of mm -hmm. forgot that you, you missed the point of this. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the conversation uh, was around a couple that has been together for quite some time. They've been open for one year and they are seeing a couple's counselor through this transition. But um, this is the female-bodied individual that is um, reaching out and her, is it a husband? I believe, if I, I remember correctly. Husband. Their partner. Partner. Yeah. Yeah. She uses the word partner. partner. Yeah. Their partner, um, male, um, is the one that 
is experiencing some discomfort around her exploration. And a little bit more context is that one of the reasons that they opened up the relationship is because she does have, or at least to my understanding, she does have a higher sex drive than him. And um, so that, that may be a contributing factor in this. So, you know, in my opinion, I feel like there's a whole lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I feel like she asks some really, really valid questions. Like totally. what what when is the veto appropriate? And is it ever appropriate? And how do you manage that whole discomfort? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's yeah. a lot there. There's, what? there's, there's quite a bit there. I'm going to, okay. So this is how I'm looking at it is yes. like, if this person came to me for coaching, yes. um, I would start with them first. So I go with them first, then their partner, then kind of the larger relationship, right? So them first, then, uh, their partner's discomfort. And then I would address the like veto thing. Okay. Because okay. usually if you go in that order, the veto thing kind of works itself out, but I will give my opinions on that <laughs> later. I do want an opinion on that. Cause I had a whole debate with uh, my best friend soulmate the other yeah. day about the veto thing. So like, I, I, I do want to approach that, but let's, let's do your process first. Cause I respect your process. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yeah. And I feel like if we just start with the veto t- thing, then that's all we'll talk about. Right. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, her first, so if she came to me asking this question, then what I would want to do first is have her be empowered in this situation, because when your partner is feeling discomfort, it can lead to you being disempowered really quickly, because obviously like we want our partners to be comfortable and we're navigating something that's really new. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of fear and doubt and opening up a relationship. Like, is this okay? Is that okay? Am I doing this right? Are we navigating this? All right. There's so much like fear and doubt already that then when the discomfort of your partner comes up, it just kind of like, you know, adds to the pile. Right. And so the first thing that I would tell her is to like, okay, what's going to have you be empowered? What's the context that you can create in this relationship that's going to have you be empowered? And so what I mean by that is what is the lens that you're looking at this through? Like, are you looking at this through the lens of like, oh shit, like I need to figure this out or everything's going to fail? And if that's the lens that you're looking at it through, as an example, then clearly that's going to have you be disempowered, and that's going to have you take the act. That's going to have you take the actions of being cautious, like worrying about their discomfort. You know, like kind of walking on eggshells, right? And so, if you distinguish the lens that you're looking at it right now as just one way to look at it. Right. Like if those were like, uh, like sunglasses that you're wearing, you know, it's like, these are the sunglasses that you're looking at your life through is like the, oh shit, is everything going to be okay? Sunglasses. Or maybe it's even the, um, my partner's always going to be like this. 
or like, I'm worried that my partner is always going to be like this. I'm always going to have to be dealing with their discomfort or like some sort of story that you may be telling yourself that's really coloring how you're viewing the situation. And so first distinguishing that what's the disempowering story, the disempowering context that you're already viewing it from. And then can you take those glasses off for just a second and look at it from a neutral standpoint? They did X, I did X. They did Y, I did Y. You know, they said this, I said this. And like start to take out the meaning that you've already been adding to it. That has got to be hard. (laughs) It is so not easy to do that. Like this is like, high level stuff, but like what, but that's like, that's kind of where we would start at the kind of commitment you have to have. You have to have the commitment to do the hard work. You do. You absolutely, absolutely do. And it sounds like this person does, or they wouldn't be reaching out to you. Absolutely. I I agree with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so just really looking at it, like, okay, if it doesn't mean that we're, we're doomed. I don't know. I always go to the worst case scenario because the automatic lens that I put on things, I'm such a drama queen. I'm just like, everything's ruined. It all sucks. I should quit. Like, <laughs> like that's when I have to take off my disempowering sunglasses and be like, no, Elizabeth, they just said no to going on a date. That's what happened. What happened was you asked them out. They said, no, that's it. That's all that, that is all that happens. Don't add your, your drama to it. Right. Um, so just as an example of like where we add meaning to things. So then next step would be then to what is the meaning that you are then committed to creating? And so if you created, you already created a meaning, you just didn't know that you created a meaning. You created the meaning of this isn't going to work, or you created the meaning of, and I'm just making this up. I don't know what meaning this person created. Um, Or you created the meaning of, you know, this is always going to be hard, or you created the meaning of, you know, maybe they, maybe they, meaning my partner, you know, can't do this, or will never be able to do this, or I'll I'll always have to be dealing with this. Um, And so if we take that off just for a second, and then it's like, okay, well, what meaning could I assign to this that would actually have me be empowered? And I don't mean like hunky-dory, like, oh, well, I could just say that everything's fine. Like, not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is assigning the meaning of we're just learning. We're in a growth phase. Like, learning is uncomfortable. I, we're learning something that is uncharted territory. We are literally moving through the tundra, like almost without a map, you know, with a GPS that keeps going in and out. (laughs) Like that's what we're doing right now. Like I'm going to give myself a little grace. I'm going to give, you know, my partner a little bit of grace I'm just going to lift this pressure off of myself that it has to look a certain way right now. I think that is a pressure that we put on ourselves a lot. 
this expectation that it's going to feel or look or sound a certain way. Exactly. When you do this kind of a journey, while I am in full support of it, Mm -hmm. um, it never looks or sounds or feels like you think that it's going to. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, so allowing yourself to lift that pressure off yourself, know that you are, you're doing the best that you can. You really are. You are, you are doing the best that you can. And maybe your partner is doing the best that they can too, with the knowledge that they have, with the background that they have, with the emotional intelligence that they have with whatever, with whatever tools they have, they are also doing the best that they can too. And so really coming at it from this new lens of we're going through uncharted territory, we're learning something completely new and know yourself enough to like, how do you get when you're learning something new? Like, I know that when I'm learning something new, I have a tendency to get really frustrated. Oh, I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. Like I was, I was like, I don't know what she's going to say, but my answer is going to be frustrated. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And generally so, yeah. mad at my, uh, generally for me, I get mad at myself if I get frustrated. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Like frustrated, then you get mad at yourself and then you compare yourself to other people. And then you're like, there's a, a way that it's supposed to be, and you're not doing it that way. So clearly you're terrible at it. You know, like it's just this spiral down. <laughs> and so notice if that might be what you're doing because you're learning something new. And so again, lift off the veil of all of these stories that we tell ourselves of how we have to be or how it should be or how other people are doing it, whatever way that they're doing it. And just be like, no, this is the way we're doing it. And we're just learning. And it's okay if it's a little bit rocky. That's okay. So that's the first thing. <laughs> that's the first. And when you said there's a lot to unpack here, like you're not joking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. I right? know. So that's thing one. Uh, Second thing is for him. And so for him, it sounds like the discomfort that's coming up, like we're not taught how to be emotionally intelligent. Like that's not something that we're, you know, and I think in in this period of time that we're at right now is something that we're starting to learn. Like people are starting to be like, oh, there's this thing called emotional intelligence. It's really helpful. Um, but for the most part, you know, most of us have not been taught that because this is a new idea of like something that really should be taught and learned. Um, so in, in the emotional intelligence that we generally have, um, we just have good and bad emotions. We have emotions that feel good. We have emotions that feel bad. And then if there's an emotion that feels good, that means it's a good situation. And if there's an emotion that feels bad, it means it's a bad situation, except for that's complete horseshit. (laughs) And (laughs) and we're just really terrible at translating our emotions because no one's ever taught us how to do that. And so sometimes when we have emotions like discomfort, it's not that it's bad. If the emotion itself isn't bad, like emotions are not moral. Can we just start there? Emotions are not moral. Emotions are not good or bad. There's not like 
ethics about emotions. Emotions are literally just your body trying to communicate something to you. That's it. Like it is just a communication and we are really, really, really terrible at translating that communication. That's it. And we have a tendency to put morality on everything. So, but emotions are not moral. Like what we might do, like the actions we might take, you know, and justify with our emotions might be immoral, but the emotions themselves are not moral or immoral. And so when we have a, you know, Uh, an emotion that doesn't feel good, like discomfort, it doesn't mean that something bad is happening necessarily, but it does mean that your body's trying to communicate something to you. And so what tends to happen in kind of the way that we've been taught and or not taught is like, it's like, okay, I'm uncomfortable uncomfortable is a bad emotion. Therefore, this is a bad situation. Therefore, I'm a no to this situation. It's like a very quick decision. And instead, going to, I'm feeling uncomfortable. What does that mean? What is, I wonder, curiosity. I wonder what, like, what my body's trying to tell me you know, and don't try to guess right away. (laughs) You're not good at this yet. This is not a skill that you have honed yet. So whatever the first thought is, just stay with it. Don't have that be the answer. You know what I mean? And so it's like, okay, I'm uncomfortable. What does that mean? What could that possibly mean? When was the first time, this is a great question. When was the first time that I felt this emotion? And then maybe it's like all the way back when you were 13 and you were trying to pass a note to Sally in class and it got interceded by Billy. And then Billy read the note out loud and it was you confessing your love to Sally. So vulnerability. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, if I, you know, if I try to share my emotions with someone, then I'm just, I'm going to get it humiliated. Feeling vulnerable. Right. They're associating it to humiliation. Right. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Fear, humiliation. Like I'm, and then you made a decision as a 13 year old. You're like, I'm never going to fucking do that again. And then now fast forward, you know, 20, 30 years later, you know, you have a situation, you open up your relationship (laughs) and there's vulnerability. Yeah. And then all over it. Right. And it's all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I'm going to get humiliated. Wow. Yeah. And so it's just your emotion trying to remind you like, Hey, remember that one time when we did this and it was terrible (laughs) and you as the adult, you can be like, Oh, thank you. Thanks for sharing that with me. Yeah. That was really awful. You're right. That was terrible, but you know what? It's been 30 years and this is a completely different situation and and I'm, I'm good, but thank you. Thank you though, for sharing that with me. I appreciate it. Like I got this. <laughs> Thanks. Now that <laughs> is how you switch lenses to an mm-hmm. empowering lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, and this, I mean, also I highly, 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 highly suggest, recommend that you 
speak to a professional about, you know, your emotions and what they could possibly mean and that you don't do this work on your own. And I know that in this particular situation, they said that they were seeing a couple's counselor. And so definitely talk to the counselor that you're seeing about this, right? Be like, Hey, this is, this is what came up on, you know, the podcast that we send him the, you know, thing to, um, <laughs> but it's just like, but definitely like, you know, don't try to, it's it, again, like we haven't learned this. We don't, we're not good at this. Find a teacher, you know, and teacher can be a counselor. I definitely feel like specifically for like emotions and emotional intelligence, um, uh, that possibly a counselor or therapist might be better. Um, there are coaches like myself who do things with helping people through their emotions as well. Um, uh, but yeah, to find someone who is professionally trained to do that with you. Highly recommend that. Um, so I'll say that. Okay. Then the third thing is, unless, did you want to jump in? Sorry. No, I feel no, like I'm I, like, you're, you're yeah. killing it. I'm letting <laughs> you roll with this. Like, you are killing it. Can you tell this is what I do for a living? I can uh, tell this is what you do for a living. I'm living for, I'm learning stuff as we go along here. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, okay, so veto, veto thing. So I hope, I hope that what people have gotten so far in uh, inside of doing the inner work here, that you can see where you want to do, like if you're someone who like, wants to have a veto, I hope that you can hear yourself in what I've previously stated and do the inner work around that veto, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I believe in boundaries over vetoes, right? Because it's like, for example, I have a boundary and all, actually all of my partners have this boundary, which is, anyway, I'll, I'll go into that in a second, but I have a boundary about like protection with sex, right? Like yes. I'm not going to, if you are not having protected sex with other people, I am not going to have sex with you, <laughs> period. <laughs> I have mad respect for that. Right. It's just like, I'm, I'm not, okay, great. Like you can, you can do whatever you want with your life. I have no control over that. And I am, I have a boundary where I'm not going to have sex with you. If you don't have protected sex, that's it, you know? And that might sound harsh to some people, but again, for other people, it's like, that's really respectful. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, is that I think with boundaries and like setting really clear, defined boundaries is that first of all, you do need to do the inner work around that. Like, why are you setting this boundary? Right. Like for me with protected sex, again, that's a really easy one because it's just like most people, it's like pretty logical. It's, your health. <laughs> it's, it's my health. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be like, because yeah, if multiple people are having sex with multiple people, there's a higher risk for STDs, but that's also like why polygamous people like don't necessarily have a higher rate of STDs is because we're all talking about this. We are, <laughs> we are so much more in tune. 
<laughs> like we're like who are you having sex with what kind of birth control are you using what kind of protection are you using what are you doing when was the last time you were tested yes you know <laughs> like do i've actually had people they're like do you actually ask people those questions and i'm like yes like and sometimes even before the first date i'm like what are how what are your feelings about having safe sex and if someone answers like, oh, well, we'll figure that out later. I'm like, no, okay, no, <laughs> sorry, hard pass. Yep. Um, <laughs> but if someone's like, oh, well, I want to make sure that all my partners are having protected sex and I'm really open about my status and like all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's go on a date. <laughs> yes. I, I definitely agree with that. I think mm-hmm. my, my experience, at least with um, the polyamorous community and, and, and sex positive community I, I kind of yeah. want to lump them together because I feel like often. Well, I think, yeah, sex lap. positive. Yeah, totally. It's a Venn yeah. diagram. Venn diagram yeah. for sure. <laughs> when you are acutely aware of the fact that you have options for multiple partners, you are also much more aware and in tune of the risks and responsibilities associated with that pleasure. And yes, like it, it makes sense to me. Like I, I, I feel that people are so much more in tune with like their status. Like they know when they got tested last. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't so, know how we got off on that. <laughs> no. Well, cause I use it as an example of the boundary yes, that I have. Yes, that's Very right. like hard boundary. 